Hello and welcome into Jam Session. Glad to have whoever you are listening to us. Jam Session is Matt McLaren and Jean-Jacques Taylor. We're two guys who used to do a radio show on ESPN Radio in Dallas, Texas. We now do this podcast. We talk a lot about the Dallas Cowboys, other Dallas sports teams, and just our interests in Dallas, nightlife, stories, beer, all kinds of things. Glad to have you. Thanks for listening. Let's get going. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while right here on the Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored, as always, by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, though? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren. And this, my friends, is Jam Session, the podcast version 371, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained, people. Oh, yes. English Jacques has arrived. So this is good news for all of us as we record this on a lovely Sunday afternoon. Draft week is upon us. Who will be the newest Dallas Cowboy? We'll find out later this week. We're going to dive into that a little bit. You got the Stars still in the playoffs. You got the Rangers. You got, I mean, we got a lot to get into. But we can't do any of it without our great sponsors. And at the top of that list, of course, is Robert Greening and Greening Law. Been telling you about these guys for a while. I worked with them. I mean, my case took about a year and a half from the moment that I called them to going through everything and all the things that they do behind the scenes to finally reaching the conclusion. And well worth it. I was glad I had the experts. I was in a car accident. Maybe you were. Maybe you've experienced malpractice or you were injured on the premises of a business. When something happens to you, and again, he's a personal injury lawyer, so when you have an injury to your person and it is not your fault, you need to give Robert Greening a call and get him and the Green team involved. No, I don't think there's anything, any doubt about that, man, because as we've told y'all for years now, and that's a blessing, is that you, these, whenever you get involved in these things, it doesn't matter whether it's a, an accident at uh, you know medical malpractice or you know anything that's where you're injured and you're not at the crib, then you don't need to be dealing with somebody else's insurance company. And not only that, you need somebody who can explain this whole process to you, explain how it goes down, explain what's next, explain when to move and how to move and how to handle things. And oh, check this out, you need somebody to set up these other doctor appointments so that guess what, you can get better. Greening Law does all that. So if you're ever involved in something like this, you know, you need to pick up the phone as soon as possible. Give them a call and say, hey, here's my situation. Here's the details. And as I like to tell you, I hope like hell that they bring you on as a client. That's exactly right. And the consultation's free, man. 972-934-8900. It's Robert Greening. Give him a call. Offices, Dallas, Texas. So this is, this is a really interesting NFL draft to me because... The closer we get to the draft, and now just a few days out, I mean, a week or two ago, it was, oh, four quarterbacks are going one, two, three, four. Now you're starting to hear more of that Adam Schefter idea that there may not be but one quarterback taken in the top three. I keep reading that Houston apparently is fielding calls, and 
it sounds like Houston doesn't feel like they necessarily need to take a quarterback there at two and might trade down. It's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. It's hard for me to imagine knowing that you need a quarterback. I mean, they know they need one, that you wouldn't take one at two. And and I don't get this whole idea, too, because we've seen, again, I mean, it didn't work for Houston getting the first pick in the draft this year because you never know how it's going to play out because you hear all this stuff where, you know, I, I've read where, oh, Houston will take Will Anderson and then just go and get Caleb Williams in the draft next year because they're still going to suck and they'll finish and get the first pick overall. <laughs> I was like, what what NFL franchise is is looking ahead to next year's draft when they draft this year? One that has no direction. I mean, nobody's doing that, man. But the top of this draft is going to be really interesting. If, if Of course, if, if Houston takes a quarterback at two, what's Arizona going to do at three? Because then the idea is that they're fielding all these calls. Well, what if nobody really looks at Anthony Richardson or Will Levis and views them as a top three or four type player in the draft? I don't know. This is going to get really interesting. And I think, I think, but I don't think Arizona is going to keep their pick. I, I just, because, I don't see why they would. Because you said those two, okay, let's, let's just play it out. So Houston says, oh, no, 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 no. We don't, uh, we don't think any of these quarterbacks are any good. We'll take, uh, you know, your boy from, uh, from Alabama. Well, somebody is going to think that one of those three guys is the answer and is right. be like, oh, my God, I can't believe we can get the guy we wanted. All we got to do is move up. And somebody will, somebody will go to Arizona and say, yo, here's our pick. Here's some other stuff. We're going to three, and we're going to take the guy that we want. Uh, and the team, and frankly, who's that, the Colts at number four? Yeah, Colts at four. Uh, the Colts have the problem because, you know, I don't know that they want – any one of those three guys, or if they're like, well, these are the, you know, these are the one, two guys yeah. that we want. But when we're talking about franchise quarterbacks, even if you're the Colts, do you want to say, well, we'll just take, we love C.J. Stroud and we love Anthony Richardson. We're cool with whoever's left. That seems odd to me. I'd just much rather just pick the one guy I want because you don't have them graded exactly the same. You got one guy ahead sure. of the other, and I'd rather just go get the guy that I want. Yeah, so, that's kind of how I see it happening. You, you got to think that that's the way that this is going to play out. Like I just, and again, we've seen it too many times. Teams do not wait on quarterbacks. No. They just don't. Like, like it's, it never happens in the draft. QB needy teams don't sit and wait on quarterbacks outside of maybe Green Bay, you know, <laughs> but other, I mean, we've seen it time and time. And I mean, you can go through countless examples of the draft where a, some team is going to trade up because they feel like, oh, my God, these are the top four guys. We have to get one of them. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't believe that Houston says Davis Mills, who's got 33 TDs and 25 picks in his two seasons as a mm -hmm. starter. Yeah, I'm not going to put the 5-19 and 19 record on him because, yeah, I mean, it's not like he's got a lot to work with. Yeah. Uh, but by the same token, I'm not going to – I, you know, I'm not just going to say, oh, yeah, I'm, my franchise is good in the hands of Davis Miller uh, when you got these other guys who are much, you know, much highly regarded than Davis Miller coming out of school. Yeah, I mean, it, it's I, I just don't understand. To me, it, Bryce Young is going one overall. It feels like that's starting to become the consensus to Carolina. It just C.J. Stroud, if you're Houston I just feel like you got to go C.J. Stroud number two. And then, like you're mentioning, if you're Indianapolis, you can't allow some other team to jump ahead of you. Unless you just, unless it's, we want to wait and see what happens. And maybe if C.J. Stroud doesn't go two, then we'll jump up to three. 
And they may just sit here and say, well, we're fine either way. We don't need to make a move. Richardson, Levis, we don't really see a difference between the two. Who knows? But I think right. I really think the top of this draft is going to be interesting. When you start looking at some of the other things in this draft as well, and this is where I'll be curious to see what the Cowboys decide to do. In the last couple of mock drafts that we've done, we've taken a tight end at 26. I believe it was Michael Mayer. Dalton Kincaid very likely could be there. Tight right. ends are one of the deepest positions in this draft. And I'll be curious to see if the Cowboys, because the only way you would take one at 26 is if you've got that guy just ahead of everybody else and you don't have like a group of five dudes basically in the same tier at the tight end position. There are expected to be nine tight ends taken in the top 100 picks this year. Damn. Well, that then you're, and without having had a glance, I can't believe they didn't let me look at their board. But without having glanced at Cowboys board, you don't know what the separation right. is. Yeah. Uh, now that you know, and you know, Dalton uh, Kincaid worries me because anytime you've had a broken back or a broken bone in your back, yeah, you know, the problem is back injuries never get better. And two, normally, if you had a broken back and broken bone in your back, at some point, what happens? Arthritis sets in, which can lead to some other issues. And we're talking about elite professional athletes for a regular everyday dude, you just go on about your business, is you know, one of the life's inconveniences. But for a, uh, for a football player, you know, a guy who's already 24 years old, you just wonder if, if they pull the trigger on that. Um, but you're right. There's so many tight ends, man, that they might feel like, oh, we can get another guy here and get a tight end that's pretty comparable, you know, second, third round. Yeah, and that's where this is interesting because of that. I mean, again, th there's the expectation that four tight ends are going to go in the top 40 picks. I mean, think about that. That's that's the first round. And then, again, there's only 31 picks in the first round this year. So there's that's the first round and then nine picks in the second round. You could have four tight ends go, which it, it, it you don't really see that much. And a guy like Luke Schoonmaker, who we have seen mocked to the Cowboys in some drafts, maybe in the fourth round, where in a normal draft that doesn't have the tight end depth like this, that's a guy that might go late second or early third that you might be able to get in the fourth round just because of the depth of tight ends that are available here. So I think it's going to be curious to see. And again, like you said, who knows how the Cowboys have these guys weighted or in what tiers they have them in. Right. But I, I, I do wonder if they just feel comfortable. Hey, a guy like Luke Schoonmaker, we think he's solid. We probably have, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if they're like, hey, he was the blinking light in the fourth round where, <laughs> you know, we had that guy, a second round grade, and he was there in the fourth round. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Would not surprise me at all. Which begs the question, so if they're not going to take a tight end there because they feel like, yeah, Meyer is good, but we can find somebody just as good or comparably good yeah. later, then at least, you know, who do you take in the first round? The more I look at this, unless they just feel like one of those guys at tight end is the answer right there in the first round, this is an interesting draft because one of the strongest positions in this draft is cornerback tight end obviously as I just mentioned the those are probably the top two and then the third deepest position is edge and so like we've been getting Derek Hall in the second round to me I almost wonder if that pushes them into and again it's always best player available but I wonder if, if you just kind of going in looking at this saying man wide receiver if we're going to add one because you and I when we've done this mock drill I, I think for the most part everybody's looking at and I, I can't believe this is going to happen. Rockwall, Texas is going to have a dude drafted in the first round of the draft, and it's going to be awesome. Jackson Smith and Jigba, who played for you guys up at Ohio State from Rockwall, he's right. going to be the first wide receiver taken. I, I think that's pretty obvious. Does he go inside the top 10? I don't know. 
But then it, it, it's starting to feel like there's a group of, after Jackson Smith, there's a group of like six wide receivers that don't really have a first round grade on them that are all kind of going to be there like 20 to 60 in that next 40 picks there where I wonder if the Cowboys kind of sit there and go, man, if we want to get one of these guys, we're going to have to take them now because there's a very good chance that when we come back around in the second round, this tier of wide receiver is gone. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for that. It's that's, and you know, I mean, you've said a couple times already, that's why it's going to be a very interesting draft because they could do a lot of different things that make sense. Um, you know, to me, the bottom line is I don't really care what you do. Get a dude who contributes significantly next year in the first round and the second round. Mm -hmm. Really, that's your job. I don't care what position they are, how you, whatever you decide. Just get a dude who contributes significantly uh, first, second round, which means we don't need any more boss man fats who aren't any good. Um, you know, so that's to me is the goal. And you can find those guys in this particular draft at any number of position, positions, yeah. whether it's edge and there's situational pass rusher, you know, whether it's cornerback. Because I keep telling y'all, you know, yeah, they got four corners. Teams play four wide all the time. You need more than four corners. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Jordan Lewis, really good player, great player if you consider his size. I'm not saying he's a great player, I'm saying he's a great player for his size. Uh, he couldn't have more than but one more year left at Dallas. And so if you want to get his replacement on the field now, then in case you have some injury, boom, you just slide the dude in there, you're ready to go. Or that guy's good enough to, uh, to start right away or compete for a starting spot right away. Uh, all those things, man, all those things make sense to me. It's just a matter of who's there, who's available, which way you want to go. But just get a dude who can play. Yeah, I mean, when, when you look at it, when you look at cornerback, as you brought that up, there are 15 dudes that are probably going in the top 90 picks at corner. 15 cornerbacks in the top 90 wow. picks is going to happen in this draft. That, that, that's a lot. I mean, that you can get a guy at cornerback in the third round for sure, maybe even in the fourth round that you like a lot if you wanted to go there. But wide receiver, man, the more I look at it, I just feel like if, if you feel like, hey, we got to get a wide receiver in this draft. And we saw what happened last year. And like, oh, we'll just take Jalen Tolbert in the third round. It'll turn out great. I just feel like, man, this is the, it, it's Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, Jalen Hyatt, Quentin Johnston, Cedric Tillman, and Josh Downs. That group of six right there. Although all six of those dudes are going to go between 20 and probably 50, 55. Okay, who's your favorite one out of that group of six? Man, it's Cedric Tillman to me. And it's, it's wild because he was the dude that was supposed to be the lead guy in Tennessee. Then he got banged up last year, and Jalen Hyatt had the opportunity. But I still go back to that. I mean, when you're 6'2", 220, and you're a beast of a guy, you know, Josh Downs is, and Zay Flowers are the speedy dudes. Jalen Hyatt can fly. You know, Quentin Johnston, obviously, who, who exploded onto the scene last year at TCU. But Tillman was really, really good two years ago at Tennessee, was really, really good last year at Tennessee, played in the SEC. I'm high on Cedric Tillman. I, I like Cedric Tillman a lot, unless they, you know, wait on a guy like a Jonathan Mingo who you can get later on. Now, he's a guy who's been rising. So, like, I mean, you know, and you never know what, what's real and what's, what's fake. Right. He's been rising, and it wouldn't surprise me if um, he ended up going to, you know, I think some people had him third-ish, third-round-ish. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me if he started dipping into the second round. Like, I don't know that he's going to be there in the third yeah, and that's the thing is, again, that's why I almost feel like, because at 26, and we've, we've told you guys this a million times, you're, you are not drafting 
a first round graded guy at 26. If you stay at 26, there's no way. Unless you just happen to have like, oh, we're the only team that had this guy in the first round. I can't believe he's here at 26. We had him number seven. How they do that crap sometimes. You never know. <laughs> but man, I, I just, if, you're, if you want a wide receiver in this draft, I feel like at 26, you can probably get a guy that you're very happy with. And that's why I almost feel like you should do that at 26, get your edge at two. And because of the depth of tight end, you can get a solid tight end in round three and maybe even like how they always do in round four. Yeah, I think the thing about it is they have, um, with Will McClay, they have a history of drafting well. No team is perfect. So, yes, they've had some Tristan Halls and Hills and some other mistakes. So has every other team. But Taco. By, yes, Taco. But by and large, man, they are really good at drafting. They're really good contributors. And when they're done with guys and they can't afford to pay them for whatever reason, those guys go on and get contracts to have us going, wow, that guy got $20 million? Wow. Uh, so that to me is is how you know that they're good at drafting. So I, I don't have any doubt that they'll come away with with, with good players out of this draft. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited about it, man. Like it's, I'm looking forward to Thursday and Friday this week. I really am. I think they're going to come away, and I think we're all going to be really pleased with it. The closer we get to this, again, the Bijan Robinson thing seems like a pipe dream. I, I just can't imagine. You know, you. I was going to say, why do you? Which part of it is a pipe dream to you? That you could sit at 26 and get them. You, you, I, okay. I, I just think you have, you're going to have to jump up. Like, there's just no way because everybody that does this for a living basically has B. John Robin and Robinson as one of the top three overall prospects in the entire draft. And then you might ding him, oh, well, he's a running back. You know, and some people are sitting here going, like, this is the, this is the best guy coming out of college since Adrian Peterson. Like, that type of back. You know, and you, you texted me that thing this morning about the explosive plays that NFL teams had last year plays over 20 yards and you look at how right. far down the list Dallas is and and that's the key here to me find a guy who can help add to that in the first round whether it's making a move and getting Bijan or whether it's taking one of these wide receivers find a dude who can help add explosive plays to your offense no to me that's number one objective uh number one objective and so you know that's why you know even if you have tight end normally he's not an explosive player in terms of 20-yard gains, that maybe help you do some other things. But, uh, you know, that's why receiver to me is a big deal, especially somebody who can take the top off the defense. Uh, that's why Bijan would be fine because he's going to get you explosive plays. And here's the thing about Bijan Robinson, which there's no – I just wouldn't have any problem drafting him at all with one caveat. The caveat being use his entire freaking skill set. Mm -hmm. So, Taylor, what does that mean? That means Steve Sarkeesian, the man who's had him, says he had the best hands on the team at Texas. He runs good enough routes. Same thing we hear about Tony Pollard. He runs good enough routes to be a slot receiver. So what that means is you can have him and Pollard out there at the same time. You can be using them really as receivers. And in West Coast offense, if we see more of that from Mike McCarthy, they use running backs as receivers all the time. So yeah. maybe it is a chance to run some of those angle routes where you – Go out when you come out of the backfield and cut across the middle. Maybe you can run some wheel routes. There's some things you can do to get the ball in the hands of your playmakers, even if they're running backs as a receiver, long handoffs and such that can really add some explosiveness to your offense. Yeah, which is why, you know, you've got Tony Pollard here now and you're all about it with him. You got an opportunity. I really think you have an opportunity in the first round to add a guy who can do that. Whether, and again, I, I just don't know how in the world, I don't know that I want it. it 
it's kind of like when we did our mock draft exercise and it was okay well what's the cost like at what point do you try and make the move for Bijan and what are you willing to give up that it would cost you to get up to a point in the draft to where you could do that like right. say he gets to he gets past the first half of the draft and he's there at 17 do you start eyeballing a move to jump up a few spots for a guy like that I don't know well see I think the other issue bro is when you're doing this whole thing it's um it's who needs a running back you know because yeah, at some point yeah. you know certain, certain teams it just doesn't make any sense like you don't you have a guy you don't need a guy um and now you could uh, and again like you know minnesota's up there in the early 20s but they're just getting rid of dalvin cook at you know because they don't want to pay him 10 million dollars a year so are they going to take a first round running back or are they going to say we're going to take the dead money on dalvin add him with a rookie Bijan, and you know just start the clock over again okay maybe you do that but some teams just don't need a running back and so every year somebody drops bro you know lamar jackson we all thought nobody thought he dropped to the end of the first round uh we go many years yeah. ago aaron Rodgers. Sure. nobody thought he dropped to the first round you know so we don't think he'll drop but there's a set of scenarios where he could and we just be like damn i mean hell we could say nobody thought cd land would be there at 17. Which is like, well, damn, he's that's there. true. Yeah, you got to take him. Yeah, and 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 that made a lot of sense. So, it's going to be a really fascinating draft. It, it's it always is. I mean, I think we always know that, and you never know exactly how it's going to play out because somebody's going to take a name that blows us all away early, and then, like you said, somebody's going to drop where we can't believe. We're all sitting there. We'll get super excited, like, oh my god, the Cowboys picking three picks, and he's still on the board. You start freaking out a little bit. That's how I was when CeeDee Lamb was there. It's like, oh, my God, this is going to happen. Like, you can just see they're not going to take a receiver. CeeDee Lamb's going to be there at 17. This is amazing. So maybe maybe it'll roll out that way. We shall see. But in the meantime, let's tell you about Freeway Tire Shop. Our boys over there at Freeway Tire Shop, JR and his crew, Jacques takes all of his cars over there, and they, they do it all. It's oil changes and tire rotations, the simple stuff. And they also, of course, fair price on tires. If you need mechanical work and and more serious types of things, brakes and all that, they're going to offer you a fair price. They stand behind their work. You can trust what they're doing to your vehicle when you drop it off over there at Freeway Tire Shop. Dude, I mean, that's why I rock with JR. You know, the customer service is uh, elite. Why? Well, he was in the uh, Home Depot management program. That's where he learned his customer service. And once he started his own spot, he just brought that element with him, man. And with customer service, you get trust. And trust you know, for me, when you're dealing with mechanics, it's a big deal. And at JR at Freeway Tire, man, you can, number one, trust him to figure out what the hell is wrong with your car. Number two, you can trust him to use quality parts to fix the car because we all know not everybody does. Number three, bro, and it's a big one, you can trust him to charge you a fair price. And then number four, man, you can trust him to uh, stand behind his work. And so I tell folks this all the time. If your mechanic doesn't do each and every one of those things, then take your butt right up there, 35 north toward denton get off the commonwealth it's about five minutes from downtown go through the light look to the right you cannot miss it it's impossible pull in say hey man where's jr the boys from jam session sent me and uh trust me you can send us a thank you card later it'll be one of the best moves you make they're gonna get you taken care of that's what they do at freeway tire shop or check them out online at freewaytireshop.com you can do that as well Also, of course, Aaron and his guys at HFX Foundation Solutions, if you have noticed any of those signs, the sticking doors, the cracks in the wall, all that type of stuff, 
Or if you, and it's always interesting to me, people that don't have gutters, you don't want rain going straight off of your roof and just ponding around your house. That's not good for your foundation. You want gutters. So if you don't have gutters, they handle gutter installations and they can help with drainage issues on your property as well. They handle anything that could impact your foundation, which is why we suggest using them. They're local, they're family owned. They service all of Dallas, Fort Worth. HFX Foundation Solutions will get you taken care of. Dude, what you want to do, man, is call Aaron and his team and check this out. Say, hey, Aaron, team, I want this colonoscopy for my crib that I hear the folks at Jam Session <laughs> talking about all the time. And they'll start laughing like Matt just did. And they'll say, okay, we'll come out. We got you. And really, it's fun, but it's serious because, hey, why does anybody get a colonoscopy? You get it to see the inside of your body that you can't see from the outside. Make sure everything's straight. Why do you get a colonoscopy before you crib? Because Aaron and them got tools and, and, and expertise that allows them to go inside the innards of your house, make sure everything is straight, working properly, nothing, nothing malfunctioning. And uh, they can come back and tell you, hey, here, we gave you a clean bill of health or, hey, we found something. But, you know, fortunately, we found it early and it's only going to cost you a fraction of what it would if they catch you late. Uh, but that's why I say you need to call Aaron and his team, ask for that colonoscopy before you create and get the peace of mind to know from knowing that there's nothing going on inside my house that I can't see that I don't know about. It's easy to do, man. It's HFX Foundation Solutions. You can give them a call. 817-770-0174, or you can just hit them up online. You can find them there as well at hfxfoundation.com. So quick little trip around the block here, and, and I, I thought this was interesting. Seems like when you have kids or you have grandkids or whatever the case may be, you might swing by the zoo from time to time. Well, the, the Dallas Zoo has four new baby lemurs Dale's a lemur. They're like these. Um, God, how would you describe a lemur? They're they're the little small things that almost look kind of like a meerkat, I guess. Okay. If that makes okay. sense, they they look kind of like a cross between a monkey and a meerkat. You know, they got the big, long, fluffy tails that are striped. They're some sort of a primate. Yeah. Okay. All right. But they're, they're native, I think, to the island of Madagascar. And I bring this up because the Dallas Zoo, apparently, they now have four baby lemurs. And it's the first time in over 30 years that they have had baby lemurs of this particular species of lemur. Damn. Which is kind of so that if you want to see a baby lemur, now's the time to go check them out at the <laughs> Dallas Zoo, I guess. It's the, they're called black and white roughed lemurs. And they are the first babies at the zoo in over 30 years, man, which is nuts. They were born in wow. March. Hey, well, you know, if you want to see a baby lemur, uh, check them out. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, the zoo is always weird. What's really strange about it to me is, you know, I used to think this as I got older. You'd be driving down that part of South Dallas and you'd be driving, you know, you're on 35 South or North or whichever side you're on. You're on a massive interstate. You see the skyline of downtown Dallas right there. And, oh, by the way, all these crazy animals are right there on the other side of these trees. Dude. <laughs> was, Unbelievable. It's just, you know, it's like that in Birmingham because the zoo here is in the winter. You, you're driving on the interstate and you can see into the zoo. And you just, I mean, you're just driving like, oh, there's an elephant and a giraffe because the, there's no leaves on the trees. You can see just walking around on the other side of the road there. How about that? It's crazy, uh, man. I haven't been to the zoo in a few years. I took Maddox, I guess at some point a few years ago, but I don't know, unless the kid wants to go or you're taking the kid, I, I don't really have a need to go to the zoo. I was going to say, were you a big zoo person growing up? 
yeah, my parents would take us. I mean, I always thought it was cool. And I, I think, I, I don't know if kids still do this, but we used to have field trips. I swear, like once a year in elementary school, we'd go to the zoo and we'd go to the Dow Zoo. That's what our elementary schools, it literally felt like once a year we were going to the zoo on a field trip. Yeah, all right. And they, you know, hey, here over here's the silverback gorilla or whatever in class. Who can tell me what something about the silverback gorilla? You know, that type of thing. All right, I was uh, I used to do that. Uh, I used to go take my kids to the zoo once a year, up until they got to be about 12, 11, 12, something like that. Just because it's a good adventure. Uh, my dude used to like to look at the snakes and, and other yeah, stuff, that's cool. So. Yeah, so now we used to have a good time doing that. Yeah, I mean it's. But I haven't been in a long time. Although uh, my dude, we were talking probably a couple months ago, and where did he tell me he was going? He was on his way to the Fort Worth Zoo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Him and his, uh, I don't know who he went with. Somebody he went with. That's something to do. I mean, it's the Fort Worth Zoo is a solid zoo. It just. Yeah. My, my dude's an interesting person. Uh, he hit me up to, uh, again a couple months ago, told me he's going to the Dallas Museum of Art. All right. And he was going to some butterfly exhibit one time. There you go. Yeah, those are fun. <laughs> I've been to a butterfly he's just, exhibit. He's just kind of out there, man, doing his thing. Yeah, it, it's. It's one of those things, the zoo, like every few years, I feel like it's worth going, like just going to the zoo. And, and you know, now is the time of year to go because I don't like to go when it's hot because you're standing out in the sun and you're just baking and the animals are hot and it seems like they're all trying to hide as well. And then in the winter, it's too cold, but you go during the spring and it can be a nice experience. Hey, right, you don't feel bad about the animals being locked up? No, because most of them, I mean, the reality of it is the ones that are born in captivity, that's all like they couldn't survive on their own in the, in the wild anyway. Right. I think it's gotten better. I, I like, and I, I know Birmingham does this, and I know Dallas does this. I, I, I believe Fort Worth does it as well, where they have more of that open safari type thing. Yeah, they try to make it much more like their, right. their, their native land than they used to. Yes, which is nice. And I, I, I actually think that that's a lot of fun seeing it like that. And I, I prefer that rather than just seeing them in the singular cages, which is always like, yeah, you know, I guess. I mean, there's a lion, and he looks like he's miserable. Yeah. And plus, you always want to see the lion eat something or kill something. And I don't know. Like, neat. The lion's just laying there. Like, roar. Do something for us. Entertain me. Dude, one of the most, I don't know. You know, if, if, you, if you took a thing, uh, if you had a ranking of the top 10 things you've seen on Twitter, one of the top three, man, would be a video that these people on a safari took. And they happened to be sitting in their car. And it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Even like National Geographic couldn't, can't, can't capture it like this. And it was literally a lion or one of those cats chasing down like a gazelle. They ran right through the cars and the lion or the animal or the cat got them like, you know, five seconds later. And you could hear the thud. It sounded like a football thud on the field. And I was just like, wow. Because you have, you know, on TV or whatever, it just... Yeah. You can't feel the intensity of the chase and actually feel the chase. And it was, I mean, it's, I come across it. I wish I had saved it. I come across it like, you know, every once a month, every six weeks or whatever. Yeah. Somebody else retweets it. And I'm just like, that thing, matter of fact, I'll send it to you next time I come across it. I'm just like, that thing is off the chain because the ferocity of it is like, oh, it was, it was real for that gazelle and that, that, that cat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that, that's, that's the stuff I think like going to a safari 
type set would be kind of cool where you're out there in there you're basically in their territory and you get to see the true wild of how it actually all is i, I think that that would be really cool to experience at some point in life now that's on my bucket list of things to do that'd be really to a cool real african safari get out there and uh, you know really see how it goes down the other thing that i wanted to throw out here hope you enjoyed zoo talk by the way but <laughs> those of you in the richardson area or maybe plano or that side of dfw there is a brand new beer garden that is opened it's in richardson right over there off 75 in spring valley a twenty thousand square foot facility with the massive outdoor patio it's called the old 75 beer garden and i thought this was interesting because they call themselves a beer garden it's in the name of the place and they have 34 taps of beer but only 15 of them are local. Is I that thought, good or bad? Huh. Uh, to me, that's, that's horrible. You have 35 taps or 34 taps and not even half of them are local taps. Okay, I misunderstood that. So are the rest of them like traditional? Coors, I would guess, yeah. Coors? See, when you said not local, I admit, oh, maybe they brought some beers from out of state or something. No, and I'm what sure there's mean? some of that, but it's also, I would guess, I'll tell you what happened is they probably got some money from Andrews or Benny Keith to build the bar, and they were told by whatever distributor that they went in with, hey, we'll supply the bar and pay for it for you, but you are going to carry you know, 18 or 19 taps of our portfolio, and then you can put some other stuff on the other ones. Yeah, I got you. That happens a lot, and it's unfortunate because the distributors carry so much weight in that sense, but... Um, it's it's what it is but it looks like a cool spot I, I i saw a story about this in the dallas morning news and it looked like it was you know it's got a huge patio they say it's got a matthew mcconaughey type vibe just kind of chill and you know that texas type vibe to it so if you're looking for a place where perhaps a outdoor patio here while the weather is still nice and not crazy hot maybe go check out old 75 beer garden all right. Sounds like a thing to do. Not too bad. Not too far up 75 there. That's not too far from the 635 corridor. I mean, Spring Valley is just kind of right there. I mean, all things considered, <laughs> not too far away. True that. True of course, that. in Dallas, with the, the way traffic is now, that for all we know, that's like a 30-minute wait just trying to move a couple of miles. It's the way that it goes. Traffic in Dallas. Ridiculous. Yeah, we'll move along. So go drink some beers at Old Beer Garden, Old 75 Beer Garden, and, and, and enjoy that. But we got to get into some other things that are happening around the world of sport. And that, of course, includes those Texas Rangers. I got to tell you, the other night I was watching, you're up 4 nothing. <laughs> it's the A's, they're horrible. I'm like, man, this is, all right, here we go. 4 nothing early on, the A's suck. And then somehow, someway, the Rangers found a way to cough up a four-run lead to the worst team in baseball and lose 5-4. to four. Yeah, what happened was, I think, is uh, they just relaxed a little bit after they got up 4 nothing, and started swinging a little free and easy, which is why your boy had like 11 or 12 strikeouts through the first uh, six innings. And, you know, I think the A's had lost seven in a row. And so at some point, as they kind of picked away at the lead, they's like, oh, my God, we have a chance. And their intensity ratcheted up. And, you know, that's why it's baseball, man. You play 162 of them. This happens sometimes. You just hate when it happens to you. Yeah, and, man, they uh, responded quite well the next night on Saturday night when they absolutely mauled the A's 18-3. to And in this game, how about Adelise Garcia? 
or Odolis, or however you pronounce his name. Adolis. Adolis Garcia. Three home runs, eight RBI. He's the first Ranger to hit three home runs in a game since Ronald Guzman did it back in August of 2018. Remember that dude at first base? They called him the Condor. And remember him and, God, who was the dude in the outfield that they traded uh, to the White Sox? That both of them were supposed to be like these next great prospects that never developed into anything. Dude, that's baseball, man. God, who was, who was that dude? Remember that guy out? God, what oh, I, I I remember his. I remember everything but his name. I remember what he looks like. I remember literally everything but his name. It drives uh, me insane. Yeah, it is now. Uh, Guzman is with the Yankees this year. How about that? No, he's I, not. He's not. He's not with anybody. He was with the Yankees last year for six at bats. Nomar Mazzara, that's who it was. Nomar Mazzara. Remember, it was Mazzara and Guzman were supposed to come up and be these great prospects, and neither. They were just kind of average Major League Baseball players at best. The weirdest uh, thing, man. Mazzara is with his... See, and this is how you know what happened. Like, he had four years in Texas. They gave him great opportunity. He's really just a guy. I mean, he was... was, I want to make sure it's clear. It's not like he was terrible with Texas. But he wasn't the star that they thought he was going to be. And when I, when I say he wasn't terrible, I mean, in today's Major League Baseball, he in that four-year stretch, he averaged 261 with uh, 20 homers and 77 ribbies a year. Yeah. That's, not a, that's not an awful player. I mean, it's just not. No, no, but it's not. when you're expecting a star, then you're like, yeah, we got to do better. But since then, man, he spent 20 with Chicago, 21 with Detroit. I mean, 21 with Detroit, 27 with San Diego, and I'm not. And he's only hit six home runs in the last um, three years. So I mean, he fell off a cliff. Yes. When he when he left the uh, when he left the Rangers, I mean, dude, six homers and 468 bats since leaving the Rangers. Yeah, he he is now a backup guy that comes in off the bench and gets to play every couple of days for when they need to give one of their starters a rest. Uh, with uh, with Baltimore, I think. Which is uh, it is wild to think he's um, he's that guy. I mean, he finished top five in Rookie of the Year award voting in 2016, yeah. and I don't know. He was always one that you just kept thinking was going to turn the corner and never did. I'm sorry, bro. He's in the Washington Nationals minor league system. Yeah, right? he's not in the majors this year. Probably a AAA. So. Crazy man. But that's how that's how weird things go. Yeah, I mean, so it just is. Anyway, talk about going down the rabbit hole, but it was it's because of Garcia what he did. So, so how about this? So Garcia finished five for five on Saturday night. Three home runs, two doubles, five runs scored, eight RBI, and a walk. The eight RBI are the most by a Ranger since Nelson Cruz had eight back in 2012. Only Pudge in the history of the franchise has more in a game. He drove in nine back in 99. And then they are taking his batting helmet and some other stuff, and it's going to the Hall of Fame because of this. He became the third player in the modern era of Major League Baseball, which is 1901 till now, to record 16-plus total bases, three home runs, eight RBI, and five runs scored. It had only been done twice in the history of the game before that. Anthony Rendon did it back in 2017, and Gil Hodges did it back in 1950. His five extra base hits tied the single-game Major League Baseball record, and he became the first player in the American League history to hit three home runs and two doubles in a single game. Not a bad outing, huh? Not a bad outing, man. <laughs> Not a bad outing if you can get that done. That's for damn sure. No, it's phenomenal, man. 
phenomenal. He's a terrific performance, and he's uh, you know he's having he's a guy that they stumbled onto who was almost <laughs> no out of doubt. chance. You know what? Up, what up, dog? He was somebody else's Nelson Mazar. Yeah, he was. Mazar. Yeah. Or somebody else's Ronald Guzman. He was a dude that came on late that they were able to find out of Cuba that, uh, God, he like defected and played over there in the NPB over there for the, I forget who he was with in Japan. You know, and, and it was so crazy because he goes from Cuba. He played originally for the Cardinals for a little bit. And then the Rangers find him. They pick him up in like a trade like you're talking about. Next thing you know, this dude the last four years has been a hall, like a total solid part of the lineup. And he did nothing right. with the Cardinals for the most part. He was like an, an, a nothingness afterthought. It's weird, <laughs> it's just, man. I mean, the, the reason is there's no rhyme or reason to it is um, because people can figure it out sometimes. And it has more to do with them than anything else. Yeah. Just like people can get inside their own head and never figure it out. But sometimes, that's why I say a fresh start can work. I mean, sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it does. You go, you figure something out, or you get with a new organization. Somebody else, their voice resonates with you. And so what somebody else has been telling you to do for the last five years, they never said it in a way that you, they resonated with you. This new coach says something that resonates with you, and you're off and running. They go, how come he couldn't do that with us? This is a guy we knew he could become. And so sometimes you get lucky, and that's the Texas Rangers when it comes to uh, him, Guzman. Yeah, man. I mean, he is he's a vital part of what they're doing. And it's wild, of course. They're playing the A's right now as we're recording this. And so you guys will know by the time you listen to this whether they won today or not. But Robbie Grossman hit a three-run home run in the second, and they're up 3 nothing over the A's. You got to think you win this one today. DeGrom's on the mound. You close it out. You take two out of three against Oakland, which would be fantastic. And then, of course, as we mentioned, you got, uh, who is it next? Cincinnati coming in, I believe. Yeah. I mean, I, let's keep it real, dog. Uh, you want to sweep the A's, but if you're going to win two out of three every time you're up, you're, you're fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're going to do all right. And, and so they'll do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at Cincinnati, and then they come back next Thursday through Sunday for the big four-game showdown against those New York Yankees. Yeah, it'd be a good test just to see, you know, just the Yankees will be one of the better teams in the American League when it's all said and done. So it's just a good test to see where you, where you, where you are. Yeah, Yankees, the Yankees right now, the Yankees ain't the Rays. So. No, right. no, they're good, but they're not like. They're not obliterating everybody. Right. So that's why I say it's a good test. You know, you split them, you win three out of four, it's all good. Man, the, the American League East, I mean, we're 20 plus games into this thing. Every team in the American League East is 500 or better. Hey, um, even the Red Sox are playing some good baseball this year. Yeah, they're they're right at five hundred. They're eleven and eleven. And the Rangers, if they win today, that'll get them to fourteen and seven. And the Astros and the Braves are playing, and Houston's won three in a row, but they're two and a half games back. And you know they're 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 going to figure things out. They're going to be just fine. But man, the A's, God, the A's are so bad because they got outscored by fifteen by the Rangers on Saturday. They now in twenty one games have a run differential of minus 100. Damn, that's five a game, bro. Dude, you're getting outscored on average by five runs a game? That's absurd. And that's like uh, that's like when you have a really talented youth team God. and you say, well, let's move you up into the next age group and see how you guys perform because you've been killing everybody at your group. And you go, oh, maybe we shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Something, man. I mean, minus Lord. 100. And really... They're minus 103 right now because they're down 3 nothing. So, 
Shoot, or uh, or dog that that other thing where you go, oh, we've been killing it in our youth league. Let's take these kids out to uh, the classic league and see how they play, which is like all the club teams, the elite teams that pay a thousand dollars, where your kids are paying twenty five bucks. And you go, oh, maybe we shouldn't have done that. So that's like the A's. It's like they moved into another group, and they're not quite ready for that level of competition. Yeah, it is, it, and it is. It's wild. It really is. I'll tell you that. So. I don't know. We'll see how the Rangers play it out, but another opportunity because Cincinnati's not very good. I mean, they're going to be coming in depending on how they they go tonight. They've lost five in a row. They're seven and fourteen, and that's another one of those teams. You, you should take. You should win the series, if not sweep them, before you come back home for New York later this week. So we'll see. What's crazy about that? You don't ever really see this, but because they're playing in Cincinnati, and that is a East time zone. First pitch on Wednesday is at 11.35 a.m. Oh, my. Uh, now, you know, why you, why you bullcoin it, dog? That could be a big deal for the players because uh, that's completely out of your habit. Yeah, that's way different. But I like I mean, that, man. You know, maybe it's like those, those West Coast football teams that occasionally have to play a uh, 1 o'clock kickoff in the East Coast, and it's really like 10 o'clock to them. And it's just like, hey, it's time to go play Chargers. Yeah, I mean, they, so Monday and Tuesday, first pitch is 5.40 in the evening, and Wednesday's 11.35. It's kind of awesome. Yeah, body time, that feels weird, but yeah, we should enjoy it. I mean, we should easily, if you want to watch those games, you can knock those things out before 8 o'clock and still have time to watch a movie. <laughs> the way today's world, yeah, to, that, to, I mean, the way today's baseball is being played. That's fantastic. Also fantastic, Smokey John's Barbecue. How many of you went and got the Jam Session Bowl this weekend? We got another picture. I was trying to figure out who it was. Somebody had sent us a Trey. picture. Uh, yeah, it was Trey. That's who it was. That's Tr- Philadelphia Trey. Yeah, Philadelphia Trey, who always likes to let us know things about the Eagles. <laughs> He's one of my favorite people. So there you go. But yeah, it was Trey that had sent us a picture. Jam Session Bowl, man. Again, rave reviews. If you haven't had a chance to get to Smokey John's Barbecue and order up the Jam Session Bowl, you got to go because it's fantastic. It's made just for you. Only people that listen to the podcast know it exists because it's not even on the menu. It's fantastic. You got to go get it. Go get it and take pictures and send them to us. No, nah, man, it looks like Trey had it. It comes either with a macaroni base or a mashed potato base. Both of them are sensational. Uh, you know, it looks like Trey had the mashed potato base. And then it looked like he went with the brisket and the sausage, which is like how I get down with it. And then, man, once you put those on it, because you can have two out of five smoked meats, and then it's all the stuff that you find on a loaded baked potato. You know, stuff like bacon bits and chives and butter and sour cream. It's just fantastic, man. Then they drizzle it or douse it with that sauce, depending on, you know, that sauce Matt likes to drink it out of that super big bottle that uh, Smokey John's is selling now. Uh, and then, man, it's just phenomenal. It's, it's enough food for two, easy. If you got a little shorty who's six or seven, three of y'all can really eat off of it, no cap. And, uh, dude, it's phenomenal. It's just fantastic. It's delicious. Make it happen. I think you're going to enjoy it. You're going to absolutely love it at Smokey John's Barbecue. And don't forget, grilling season is here, and they've got new, bigger bottles of both their rub and their barbecue sauce. You can get either one of them for $7.95. You can even order it online. If, If you're listening to the podcast and you're not in the DFW area like me, Order it, man. Go to SmokeyJohns.com. Click on Smokey's Market. You can order it right there online, and they'll ship it to you wherever you are. I got some in my pantry right now from Smokey John's Barbecue. So make that happen, man, because it is fantastic, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. So the Stars play this evening, 
And we won't know, obviously, the outcome of this game. It's, I think it's slated for a 5.30, which means they're really going to drop the puck at about 5.50. So the game's not going to end until after 8 o'clock this evening. And then we'll figure it out when we wake up tomorrow. Some of you, or you'll see it. I'll be, I'll be watching it this evening. It's been a weird series. Dallas was the better team in the first two games. Unfortunately for them, Minnesota did what you need to do when you get outplayed in the playoffs from times is have a goalie who stands on his head and basically steals you a game. Yes, sir. And that happened in game one of the Stars. Minnesota stole it from them because their goalie was just phenomenal. Game two, Stars, hands down the better team. Game three, I didn't think it was close. Minnesota, hands down the better team. I even tweeted out, I was like, the Stars are playing like ass and Minnesota is kicking it. <laughs> That's pretty good, bro. Well, and it's just what it was. They, they didn't, and I don't know why this happens, they didn't come out, and you, you knew that Minnesota, playoff game, game three, back in their home, the, the arena Excel Center up there was rocking. And the Wild had an edge that the Stars didn't have. And it feels like some of the physicality that the Wild are playing with is bothering the Stars, especially a guy like Jason Robertson, Robertson who for the most part has been invisible in this series. Um, you got to get over that, my brother. Yeah, he's going to have to. <laughs> you know, because it's not going to get any better. It's, it's only going to get worse. Uh, they're bringing it, and you have to respond, and you have to match – their physicality, that's just the name of the game. And it doesn't matter what sport you're playing. It's, that's literally what you have to do if you want to thrive and succeed. That's, that's it. There's no way around it. Yeah, and, and it's been – it was really frustrating watching it the other night. It is what it is. Now you're down two games to one. And, and quite frankly, what happens this evening, it's a must win. You have to win this game. You want to even the series at two, and then that makes it a best of three, and two of those three will be in Dallas. And that's how you want this thing to play out. You know, get the split on the road and win your home games and you'll move on to the next round. But they're going to have to show us something in game four that we didn't see in game three. And sometimes playing with that sense of desperation, the Stars are going to know going out that they can't lose. They're going to have a level of desperation that hopefully will be able to take their game up another notch. And that was the one thing that we... One of the differences with this team from what we've seen in years past, this is a more skill team they score more and they've got depth like that but the physicality is not as big and as high as it has been on some of the other teams we've seen in years past and Minnesota's a team that has to win on their physicality because if they get caught playing the game Dallas wants to play like they did in game two they can't compete with Dallas skill wise Dallas has better players than they do so what do you do you hit them you frustrate them you get a body on them and we've seen that and, and Minnesota's played a really good series Dude, I mean, it ain't complicated. That's that's what you do, and that's what you have to do. And, um, you know, the, the stars, I expect them to respond today. I think uh, we knew when the series started, it was going to be a pretty close series, going to be a pretty long series. I don't see anything that's changed my mind on that. And so it's, you know, it's what it is. Um, I expect them to uh, to respond today. Now, it ain't going to be easy because the wild understand what's, what's available yep. to them. In those first five minutes, you know, be seated with your popcorn ready for the first five minutes because it's going to be wild. Yeah, man, it, it is. You all right over there? Yeah. You're dropping well, the mic okay. around or something. Oh, well, maybe it's a little loose. So it might be moving a little bit. I don't know, man. I was like, geez, did you fall down out of the chair again? You singing karaoke? <laughs> I 
that's one of the, that's one of the top five moments from the radio. Man, that was that was absolutely fantastic. But we'll see how it goes. <laughs> you got to win the night, man. I, I I don't want to watch another game like the one that I saw on Friday evening. That that was not a good experience for me. Nah, bro, not at all. I was not a fan whatsoever of that. And it's funny because I had gotten the next session session of my tattoo done, and so oh, I had, send I had, me a picture. All right, I'll try to get one because they, they did one of the... I got to go back for another session in three weeks. Oh, okay. So seven and a half hours of work so far, and I probably got another three or four to go. Oh, and I showed my kids your, your, the one you sent me. They were all very impressed. Yeah, it's... Yeah, because my, my dude's into that, so he's like, oh, yeah. that's some really nice artwork there. Yeah, man. So wait till I show you with the color on one part of it. Like half of it's done, and the other half is still just the outline. But man... I don't know what it was, but it, maybe it's just because there's so much coverage and color. It just took a lot out of me on Friday. And so Did I was, it? oh, yeah, I was like, it zapped my energy. It got to a point like the last 30 minutes was rough. And it was just, it, it because, and my arm is still really swollen today because it puffs up. Oh, really? I mean, it's a lot of trauma to the arm when you have this much coverage on it. Yeah, yesterday, I mean, it, it was, it was sore and it was just, man. But it looks fantastic, and I, I was stoked because I was like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm drained from this. Just want to go home, let's crash on the couch and watch the stars. Uh, did you take Advil or something? No, I didn't take anything. It'll be all right. Yeah, all right. That's but I was, I was like, man, that was just a bummer. And I was, you know, I, I thought going into the third period, they're down 3-1, and I thought, you know what, I, maybe let's just go ahead and go to bed. I was like, no, there's still hope. You know, you're, you're one shot away from being a goal down, then you never know. And as soon as the Wild scored that fourth goal, power off, bed. I was out. <laughs> so, yes, like, I bailed on the stars with, like, six or seven minutes left in the game. Yeah, I mean, it happens sometimes, man. It's all good, bro. They weren't going to win that game, and it was obvious. And I knew it. I knew they weren't going to win going into the third period, but I couldn't, I couldn't quite give it up just then. No, it's hockey, man. Some, some weird things have been known to happen, and so it's, it's okay if you – you know, if you wanted to, to hang out just a little while and make sure it went down the way you thought it was going down. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. And I really, man, I, this would be, you know, it's not as disappointing as the Mavs because they actually made the playoffs. But it would be very disappointing if the Stars lose to the Wild because this is a good Stars team that has the makings of a team that can make a run. And if That'd they be can't, incredibly disappointing. Yeah, if you don't get out of the first round... And let's keep in mind, the Stars were up two games to one last year to the Flames and lost in seven. And, and the Wild were up last year in their own playoff series, two games to one and lost. Well, yeah, hockey playoffs, uh, you know, I expect the Stars to figure out a way to get it done today and make it 2-2, two, two, three-game series. And I ain't gonna lie, man, I, th I expected a long series when it started. So, you know, however you get to the long series yeah. to me doesn't really matter. I expected a long series. We're getting what I anticipated. And so, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. And, and we'll see how it goes. But, man, that was rough the other night. That was a bummer because I really want the Stars to win in advance because I love watching playoff hockey. And they do it right where it's every other day. You don't have to watch it every single day. They, they spread out the playoffs nicely. Right. Which I like. And then we'll see how it goes. But... Regardless of what happens, Game 5 is in Dallas on Tuesday night, and it's another one of those ridiculously stupid 8.50 puck drops for two teams that play in the central time zone. Or wait, no, it's not. It's a 7 o'clock puck drop. That's great. Uh, okay. We're that is excellent. That means on Tuesday that they will actually get the game underway by about 7.15 or so. That is great news. All right, and I'm already hyped. Man, I am stoked about this. 
And then we'll see what happens on Thursday because they're going to play on Thursday. Ah, I can already tell they're going to stick them at eight eight fifty again on Thursday if they need Game Six. Ah, whatever. I'm just I'm just going to drop this on you. I'm not breaking any news here. That Degrom dude's pretty damn good, bro. Is he? <laughs> I mean, here's what I mean. We've seen a lot of pitchers come to Texas with a little bit of hype. We've seen a lot of cats, you know, get paid big checks and then. Yeah. You know, just not quite live up to the billing or whatever. Corey Kluber. Well, yeah, but <laughs> you know, you know this dude right here, bro. He's nasty. He's dog. He's the real deal, man. He is nasty and dominant. And again, we said it at the beginning of the year. It's still true with health. If this staff stays healthy. They're making the playoffs, and they can, and they have the staff that it takes to make noise in the playoffs and surprise people. I'm not going there yet, but I feel what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I'm not ready to go there yet, but that's I get the, what you're saying. Again, that's a big if and with health. They have okay. to be healthy. The staff has to stay healthy because if they don't, this thing will obviously fall off a cliff in a hurry. Right. I don't know if I told you all this, but I'm going to just tell you all this one more time. If you're a Rangers fan, and kind of like me, you can't figure out a good way to watch the games. This MLB app, outstanding. It's 19 bucks, I think. But it gives you the pitch-by-pitch thing, bro. And it gives you highlights of every big play in the game in the summary over here. Nice. And so you can, I can look at this, this box score that they have and look at the highlights and really feel like I watched the game. Now, it's not better. It's not as good as watching the game. But if you don't want to pay a hundred bucks for a service to watch the game, this is a pretty this is a pretty good way to watch it. There, there's my public service announcement. Well, good. You know, I meant to bring this up when we were talking about the Rangers earlier. Did you see? Did you watch? I guess you watched the highlights on Friday or Saturday when they were wearing the City Connects. Dude, the pants are awful. I can't. If, if it, I'm out. If it, if it was, if they had pants that matched the top, I I could really go for it. The pants make it a joke. It, it, the pants it's horrible. are horrible. They look the, they look like a rec league softball team rolling out there. No, they do. The jerseys are fine. I don't really have a problem with the jerseys. If they had pants that matched the jerseys so that it looked like a normal baseball uniform, I might go so far as to say those are pretty nice because it's kind of like a cream and it's red and it's blue. and Okay, I, I can get down with that. But those pants, my brother... It's just, it's just awful. Just, the pants are just awful. I yeah. have no love for the pants. Nothing, 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 nothing. No, I mean, it's, and I thought it was wild because they had the Rangers creative director on the broadcast on Friday night and they were going through it. And, you know, Dave Raymond and CJ Nikowski in the booth are wearing the jersey and all that. And they're told, oh, these are amazing. This is the best thing ever. I was like, no, you guys are lying. And you know that you're lying. And then they started selling these Peagle hoodies and all the guys See? are wearing this hoodie with the the fake creature they created called the Peagle, which I think is, to me personally, I just think it's ridiculous and it's dumb and I don't, I just don't like it at all. I can't really disagree with anything you said. And I don't know anybody who likes it. And, and I've had somebody like tweeted me a thing and said, you don't think these are awesome? I was like, no. What even is that? It's not even anything to do with this franchise. They took two logos from two teams that haven't existed in years and meld them together, and now the Rangers are supposed to represent this? That's terrible, bro. Makes no sense. Terrible, 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 terrible. It's stupid. It's 
they're just not good, man. They're just not. And I asked my brother, cause I was like, well, maybe cause I'm older and I'm old man, get off my lawn on this. So I asked my brother who's 32 and he's like, oh, they're horrible. He's like, I can't stand them. And yeah. I asked a couple friends. They're like, yeah, these suck. I was like, man, does, does anybody actually legit think these are amazing uniforms? Like they were trying to sell us on the broadcast when Dave Raymond was like, oh, these are just so amazing. I can't, I, I love wearing this and look at how many they look, they look so great. And I'm going, Dave, I tell you, the you're lying. I the jersey I could get down with the pants though as a uniform they just terrible bro so hey and I can't get down I get down with a griffin because a griffin's kind of like a mythological creature I can't get and so you could have just taken a griffin yeah uh, or you know you don't have to come up with an animal you put uh, what is it a panther on one sleeve sure. and an eagle on the other but you don't have to come up with this this other thing man because we got one of those it's called a griffin yes <laughs> Which is half eagle, to. half lion for those that don't. Right, know. right. And you don't, have, you don't have to make it up. Yeah, <laughs> instead you did this and it just, it's, it's just silly. It, it, and the fact that they're selling hoodies that just have that image on there with the T for Texas, I'm going, what? That's not their logo. It's never been their logo because it's the logo of two teams that no longer exist that didn't even play in Arlington. Like why, right. are, why are the Rangers trying to force feed us some logo like this that has nothing to do with their franchises beyond me? I, I just don't get it. I don't understand it. No, go uh, figure. Uh, Robbie Grossman just added another RBI. They're up four nothing. Wow, look at that! All right, Rangers, Stars, Cowboys. What a week it is! Yeah, it is. And we'll be back for you guys on Wednesday, and then of course on Friday, the NFL draft this week. Get excited about it. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great beginning of your week. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.